0: have you ever thought of buying a franchise or currently own one or many if so this podcast is for you welcome to franchise euphoria the podcast created and hosted by franchise attorney josh brown for the sole purpose of helping people find success through franchising
1: and welcome to another episode of Franchise Euphoria. Thank you for tuning in and I am just so thrilled today to have John Quick on the show. John is a public relations, marketing, new media, programming guy who I am proud to call my friend who I've gotten to know over the last several years done business with and really just enjoy talking to. And I think for purposes of this episode is going to be able to provide a lot of good insight and information on the power and importance of marketing and marketing in a local way. So, hey, John, welcome to the show
2: glad to be here, Josh. I mean, you, I don't know, you you kind of pick your friends a little <laughs> not very carefully, I guess, huh?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm not too picky. I'm not too picky.
2: <laughs> I appreciate the kind words, and we've really built a friendship up over the past, I think, five, six years now, both on a business basis. And I have written down, I was going to say in this in this interview, as we talk about building a franchise and necessity of marketing, franchise or a business, that I really learned from a good friend of mine, something that I've adapted, and, and I tell people it's called Build, Dream, and Grow. Where did that come from? Do you know? <laughs> Somebody uses that.
1: Now, now, John, you don't need to plug me on my own show. I can do enough of (laughs) that myself. But but
2: that's what I want. My point is this. My point is this, Josh. When we first met, you you were a successful attorney, and you wanted to do something different, and you had these dreams, and you had these different ideas, but you didn't rush into anything. Think of the hours that we talked, and and I've always admired you sincerely now, because Build, Dream, and Grow is exactly what you did, and it's almost ironic that it's your slogan now. And I think that's what this business of business is all about. Build, dream, and grow. I guess, or is it dream build and grow?
1: Dream, build and grow. But either way, yeah. I totally appreciate your sentiment. And you know, the reality is one thing that you helped me with so much was the idea of, hey, you know, you don't just come up with a marketing slogan overnight. Let's think mm-hmm. about this. Let's I think your whole concept at the outset was we're gonna sit in a room together for a couple hours and we're gonna essentially throw a bunch of things up against the wall and we're gonna right. throw it's like an idea dump kind of mm-hmm. a game. We're you're going just going to throw everything up against the wall and let's figure out what works for you because you know a lot of people mistakenly think that marketing is all about, let's just put something catchy out there when right. I think you and I both know that mm-hmm. good marketing is when you get to the essence and the core of the brand that you're trying to market. Sure. That's true.
2: You know, and I, I yeah, good point. You know, I've kept a file on you, Josh. I've kept everything <laughs> that we've talked about. I, I, I tend to to keep things electronically. And one of these days over lunch or something, we're going to go back. I'm going to bring you some of those early ideas and some of those pictures we took and everything. And it's, you know, I, it's, it's hard to believe it's, you know, I don't know, probably four or five years ago now, but, you know, you were never having happy until you decided that this is what you wanted to do and you joined a different firm and then bang, you made that decision. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And that's that's the first thing is to make a decision. I will do it.
1: Yeah, it, it took me years. It took me years, as you know, yeah. John. And and I think there's a lot of people out there listening who are in the boat right now. Right. They're stuck in a corporate job or they're stuck doing something right. that really they're looking for that right time to jump off into. And the reality is there really never is the right time. I mean, you, you have to obviously yeah. take an assessment, self-assessment. Mm-hmm. You have to look at what stage you are in your life. You have to look at a lot of a variety of factors. But for me, it just came to a point where I thought I just have to do this. I just can't do do anything right. else. And I think you were you were very much instrumental in helping me to get to that decision. And I, and I definitely, I, I mean, I want to take. I was so excited to interview you, John. I forgot to even mention that you <laughs> have two companies currently. You have a company called Absolute Max, and then you right. also have a company called the Q Consulting Guys, which I want to dive deep into. Mm-hmm. But before I do that, I want you to tell. The audience about you, your background, your history, because I think it's very, very fascinating, and I think they'll be yeah. interested to hear it
2: well, I you know don't hold it against me. I grew up in Wisconsin, I'm still a Packer fan at heart, although I cheer for the colts, and uh, I've never had a job. this is actually the truth. I've never had a job outside the media. When I was 12 years old, I had a paper route. Back when there were paper boys, Josh, you're probably too young to remember that. But I, I had a, a paper route, and so I loved, uh, you know, delivering the papers and getting to know people. That's always why it took me so long to deliver papers because I always, you know, visited with my my customers, and I guess that that kind of, you know, taught me customer service. And then when I was uh, about 14, I got to be the audio guy at our church. I got to sit up in the control room, way up in the balcony. We had a big church and I get to run the controls and and adjust the microphones. And then when I was 15, I hung around a neighborhood. We had a radio station in our neighborhood and I hung around and bothered the general manager to the point where he hired me. Unfortunately, he gave me a broom instead of a microphone. (laughs) So I was the janitor for a couple of years. Well, when he realized that I wasn't very good at washing and waxing the floors, he finally gave me a microphone, and because I was persistent, I said, let me try, and he, that's kind of where it started. And I was in radio through uh, college. I was, a, I was a a small-town celebrity during college <laughs> on this rock radio station, University of Wisconsin at Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Then after I graduated with a degree in marketing and journalism, I went to WCCO in Minneapolis, which is a, a, a huge radio station, and worked in radio TV there. Also uh, became director of operations, which part of my job was I was executive producer of the Minnesota Twins and the Minnesota Vikings back in the 80s until the early 90s. And I have to brag because I have a World Series ring. From the '87 World Series and a real one, In '91 they gave us a they gave us a replica. The producers got a replica, but those were great years. And then, uh, in about '93 '94, I got this call from CBS. Had bought the station, and uh, really, it uh, it was one of those things that many of us have gone through. It it didn't feel good <laughs> with new management. Of course, they come in and they say nothing will change. Well, there's never anything further from the truth in a lot of cases. So I get a call from one of my dear dear friends and a guy who's been a mentor forever Jeff Smolian who is the The chairman, owner, CEO, whatever he is of MS Communications here in Indianapolis, headquartered here. And he says, I want you to come down and and run WIVC, which I did. And did that for 14 years and consulted some of the other news talk stations in the MS chain across the country. And then the bottom kind of fell out of broadcasting in 90. Let's see, when was it? In 2005, was it 2005, 2006? No, I'm sorry. It was 2008. So uh, I took a buyout of my contract, and I had already been doing consulting, media consulting. That's the Q Consulting guys. And I talked to friends, and I said, Josh, you know the story. I said, do you think that I can apply my marketing skills to other businesses? And this this friend of mine who... uh, was an attorney and unfortunately she's no longer with us but she said absolutely you can she said it's all the same you know all the basics of marketing are the same and she said i'll become your first client so that's where it started i started with a law firm and i found out very quickly that everybody these days whether you're a radio station a a law firm or a pie shop the basics of marketing and, and the needs of marketing are all basically the same basically the same. Now, there's a great difference in how you do it. There's a great difference in budgets and that kind of thing. But one thing that small business owners shy away from, and a lot of times, you know, we'll, we'll get into this, is that they start their business and they, I can't afford marketing. Well, that's not true. <laughs> you know, there's so many ways to market on little or no budget. And radio stations, and I consult about 20 of them these days, they, nobody has a money for, you've rarely seen billboards lately for radio stations. It used to be all over the place because budgets are cut. So you go back to some of the tried and true ways, including grassroots marketing, public relations, and the social media things. So, you know, I like to say in my business, you know, marketing shouldn't cost you money. It should make you money if you're patient.
1: And well, I'm sure my a lot of the people in the audience are going to like to hear that. And that's absolutely true. I mean, yeah. you know, one thing that has always fascinated me about you and your business and the position that you're in is that you come from a background that's based in in the traditional marketing i mean obviously radio is a traditional kind of way for companies in the market but yet you've been able to maneuver and pivot your business now to where you see all the advantages of looking at other more streamlined ways to market but also with the understanding that there still is a time and a place where traditional marketing still does work yeah yeah,
2: that's true. And I, I really have to credit Jeff Smolian. You know, I worked for for 14 years. And even though I don't work for him anymore, we're still dear friends. of He's always been a visionary. And way back before anybody knew what the web was, he knew about the web. And we started the web in Indianapolis. And we, you know, at first, he thought, what a waste of time. This is never going to catch on. <laughs> well, history is proven differently. And I, I tell radio stations all the time. And I learned this from Jeff because he was a forerunner. You're not a radio. Station anymore. If you're just a radio station, you're going to die a slow death. You've got to be a brand. You've got to extend your radio station not only to the radio, the content to the radio, but there are all these different platforms of distribution now for a radio signal. You know, whether it be the web, whether it be podcasts blogs, your website. There are radio stations and companies making more money off their website now than on their over-the-air signal. So if you're not taking advantage of these platforms, both from an audience-building standpoint and from a revenue standpoint, you're going to lose out, and smart broadcasters are doing that. And you go to business, who doesn't have a website now? <laughs> and so, you know, as we get into the steps of marketing, well, here's here's what I say. It might surprise you, Jeff. Josh, besides dream, build and grow, which I really believe is a great three words. The first thing that I recommend, and this may surprise you, is to do a logo, to do a logo and have a mission statement. And again, a logo doesn't have to cost you a lot of money. You can pay, there are companies that have paid $100,000 for a logo and it ends up being one letter. So do that. And the reason I say that is because that gives you a good feel. It gives you a good feel. And and then a slogan that that should be reflective of your mission statement, which you should do at the same time. What is your goal? What do you want to be? You know, I've got a cupcake shop. I want to be known as the cupcake capital of the world, or I want to have the best cupcakes this side of the world. The Mississippi River, or whatever you know, to have it be your mission and make it a simple mission statement. Then design a logo. You can do it for free online, or you can do it with letters, or you can just do it in your own handwriting. And have a slogan, so it reflects kind of the spirit of what you want to do. And just you know, then set that aside. Some people say, "I'll do a logo," and I, th- you know, go into business and I'm set. Well, there's there's a lot more than that. And I think you know what I'm saying.
1: Well, yeah, absolutely. I think you, God, you've touched on so many different things for me to jump off on with what you're saying. And I think really, it's a good point to talk about. You know, obviously, my audience is uh, small business owners. My audience Mm -hmm. is is made up of people that are going to go out there and risk their own capital, risk their life savings, and go buy that franchise or go start a business. My question to you is: with all your experience in branding and marketing first of all is there a difference between the two
2: yes and no i mean it depends on on who you talk to i mean yes i mean i believe yes i mean branding is being able to establish a feel for your product you know a consistent feel for your product both visually in design and many times also audibly with the sound if you're using traditional media or non-traditional media if you've got a sound element it should all kind of feel the same you know and if you've got a logo maybe you have a jingle you have a slogan use it consistently the best example that i give people is nbc nbc what's the first thing you think of when you think of nbc josh
1: oh you, you think of their symbol
2: Okay, which is?
1: Oh, what is it? It's a multicolored. Okay. It's a
2: bird. Uh, it's the bird. Yeah. The bird. It's
1: a peacock. The peacock. That's what okay.
2: it is. Okay. So if you look at if you look at NBC through the years, Google NBC symbol, NBC logo, you'll see uh, the evolution of the peacock. You'll see it, you know, kind of grainy and and very kind of old style, and then way up to today, they're still using it, but they've contemporized the look of their logo. And a lot of people think that I'm working on this for a client right now. I've got an old-fashioned logo, but I you know, I just don't want to completely throw it out. Well, what we're doing is we're contemporizing it. We're keeping it the same, but we're making it look more modern. Back to NBC, some people might say, well, the NBC chimes, especially older people. You, you remember bum, 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 NBC. Sure. Remember that? Sure. Okay. Even today, that used to be their signal with Peacock, and then the NBC would kind of draw out. Then you'd always hear those three Tones. Even today, if you listen carefully to the theme music of NBC and their promos and their theme songs for uh, Meet the Press and for even NBC Nightly News, in a subtle way, you'll still hear that NBC. You'll still hear those chimes. So that's a way of, of branding yourself. McDonald's is the same way. It's not only you think of McDonald's, you think of hamburger, but you, you think of the Golden Arches. And the Golden Arches have changed. They've changed through the years. And now McDonald's, you still see them, but you know, they've got the retro McDonald's now. But they've evolutionized it, and they've kept that same brand. That's why McDonald's has tried pizza, and it's failed. You know Why? Because they're not known for pizzas; they're known for hamburgers. <laughs> so it's a brand is a brand. It's a good feel. It's a respectable thing. And, and the it's a relating brands-
1: thing, is and I mean, it, you oh, know, sure. to me, it's it's how you relate to that business. Right. I mean, because I think at every level, and and obviously, franchises are in the branding business and uh-huh. at every level it's about trying to relate to your customers trying to right. take something that is an entity that it is a company that is a structure and right. and more humanize it and mm-hmm. you know i think to me that's what the best brands do obviously when you see the check mark you think of a nike okay. yeah. you know sure. you see the golden arches i think it's fascinating mm-hmm. what you said about how they've made them more contemporary over time because i haven't yeah. even noticed it and it's funny when you. It's like you're used to seeing the same thing over and over again. So I just see golden arches. I just see the peacock yeah. when I think of NBC. I just see the, sure. the check mark when you think of Nike and all those other all those other great brands and logos. But so it's fascinating to me that uh, I that you say to do your logo first, hmm. and I think that ties into an important point that's more of a of a business point too, and that is do something that's going to make you feel good at the start, right? right? Yeah. Do something yeah. that's gonna kind of keep your momentum going.
2: Yeah, and realize that that's not the end all. Some people say, "Oh, I got a logo, I got a website, and that's it, let's go." But no, that's not it. Do a logo that you love and like, you fall in love with, and that's you, and it reflects you. And your slogan should be the same thing. And by the way, let me just interject: Too many people, when they start a business, you know, maybe their slogan is "We sell everything." Don't ever try to start a business where you want to do everything. And you, you know, Josh, we've exchanged one of my favorite books. Is focused by Al Reese, you know, focus and then expand, <laughs> focus and then expand. McDonald's started with a hamburger, and they added the fish sandwich, then they had the double cheeseburger, and then they added fries, and now they've got they're experimenting with other things, including chicken wings. But start small and and expand. And you and I have talked about this, about your business and mine, you know, about the, you know, where are you going to target your customers? Well, you're based in Carmel, so am I. Okay, maybe Carmel's the beginning, and then maybe all of Hamilton County, and then you expand beyond. So don't try to take on too much. Does that make sense?
1: It makes perfect sense, and I think it probably resonates with a large sector of my audience because a lot of people, when they look at franchises, that's a big reason why they are looking at franchises, is they know that franchise businesses are focused businesses. Mm -hmm. They're businesses that already have systems and processes in place. So absolutely, that resonates uh, 100%. I think it's how you're building your business, and it's how I'm building my business. And I think one thing that would be very, very beneficial for the audience is to take a Step back now and just dive into the specifics, the steps that you go into sure. when you start working with a local yep. company. Because, and I just want to preface this by saying mm-hmm. one of the distinguishing factors in working with you that I found and with other people is you do take a step by step process and you do take an approach and you value local marketing local PR and I think there's a lot of people who don't value that they get so caught up in worldwide social media and they don't understand that really at the end of the day your business in most instances is coming within a 10 mile radius of your location
2: well the fact is going back to radio stations for a second I tell this you know there are market sizes there are big markets like Chicago and there's little markets like Terre Haute Okay, really, conceptually, there are no market sizes anymore because you can listen to Terre Haute as easily as you can listen to Chicago on the smartphone. And I tell media clients, smartphone is a new transistor radio and you can hear these stations anywhere in the world. If I'm in Duluth, Minnesota, where it's 80 below zero, you know, oftentimes with the wind chill, you should be marketing to those people, probably half their audience that goes south. Take us with you on your smartphone. So the point is there. Social media is a free form of advertising that you can target locally or you can target nationally. But if we're talking about if we're talking about steps, you know, I talked about you know the logo, the slogan, that kind of thing. The second thing that I recommend and that I do with clients is do what I call is an idea generating session. It's a fancy name for a brainstorm. and you touched on it already, Josh. Uh, you get a bunch of people in a room, the people that are instrumental to your partners in your new business, and also people maybe with a different perspective, your neighbors or, or if it's a bakery or a restaurant, your cook. Just get them around a the table about 10 to 12 people and throw ideas on the wall. And when I conduct these idea-generating sessions, what we have is we have an easel with a great big giant Post-it note thing, and we have a bunch of magic markers. And I'll lead them into questions. I'll say, what are the words that describe your business? So we throw those words up. And by the way, the difference between what I do and brainstorming, which makes brainstorming sometimes frustrating, is there are absolutely no bad ideas often you're in a discussion like this and somebody will say, well, you know, he's the compassionate attorney and somebody else, you know, the smart aleck will come up and say, yeah, but that's already being used somewhere else. So what? Throw it up on the wall, throw it up on the wall. And at the end, and then you ask things like, what are the pros and cons of the business as it exists? You know, and no bad ideas. And at the end of the two and a half or three hours, after you take a couple of breaks, you have walls covered with post-it notes. Then what I do is I have people I give them ten of these sticky dots, like yellow dots, and I said go up and, and," because there's no judgment of ideas until this point, go up and put your sticky dots, your ten, on the ten best ideas on the board. And it might be a concept, it might be a word, it might be a slogan, it might be something wrong with the business, and put one through ten. And it's interesting because you'll, you'll begin to see certain, you know, more dots on certain things, and it really gives you kind of a vision of, of what everybody thinks about maybe the beginning of a slogan. And I've, you know, a local law firm, that's how I develop a slogan, you know, because of some of the words that kept coming up. But it gives you some ideas. It gives you some thoughts. And it also builds team where everybody has a part to play in these ideas. And you brainstorm ways of marketing with little or no budget. That's one of my favorite ones. So anyway, you do that. And then A lot of people don't do this, you know, and then you have to have a business plan. I think anybody knows that, you know, you've got to project your expenses, that kind of thing. But within a business plan, you absolutely have to have a marketing plan and you have to determine how much of your budget you're going to set aside for marketing in, you know, the first three months, the first year, and then you jump ahead to long term. You know, and it should complement your business plan. So if you think you're going to be netting, you know, a million dollars in five years, your marketing should be a percentage of that. So, and when you have a marketing plan, I don't care if you're buying TV, if you're doing, you know, you have a man with a signboard walking back and forth in front of the business, you know, give it some time. Marketing takes time. And as I've told you, Josh, and we actually did, I think, when we launched your business, you know, be able to invest more in the first three months. You know, you've got to have some kind of a marketing kickoff. You know, it might be balloons all over town. It might be some television if you can afford it. It might be just social media. But have that as part of your plan. Simultaneous with that. Is get a website. (laughs) And that's something that maybe, you know, once you have this idea generating session and you get kind of a focus on what your slogan should be and what, you know, the feel of the company is going to be, get a website built. And again, there are people that will build websites for. You know, $30,000, $60,000. You know, unless you have that kind of money, start small. You can build a fairly decent website on any of I mean, the template-based website, uh, you know, companies, whether it be GoDaddy or iPage or something. But get something up there because as I go along with my clients in their marketing plan, the plan that I do and, and a lot of people do now is the website becomes a hub and all marketing should drive people to that hub
1: the website so yeah, absolutely it, absolutely I, yeah that's so huge and you know in this day and age too god there's so many companies out there where you can really get a website up for virtually nothing and then and then as you want to add right uh, the better ability to optimize it and so on and so forth you can do yeah. that down the road now when you're dealing with the franchise usually getting a website's not an issue but i think right what is important and What is something that you do so, so well is in the franchise world, one of the challenges is when a franchise opens up in a local town, in a local place, it's challenging to generate that community involvement Mm -hmm. because sometimes people think it's this outside company coming in. and, And I hear this quite a bit. Where people say, you know, I want to go local. I don't want to go to the chain restaurants. Right. And what people I don't think fully understand is that a chain restaurant is not necessarily mm-hmm. a franchise. A chain restaurant could be all corporate owned right. restaurants, whereas a franchise really is a local business because the people who are owning it are local to your community, just like if that person right. was going to go start a business themselves. Yep. The employees yep. are local. But I think one of the things that is so important is for any franchise business when they start off to get going with community involvement. Can you yep. touch upon that a little bit in your marketing? Oh,
2: sure. Yeah, You know, the smart companies, the, the corporate companies that are chains, you know, such as a Target or a Walmart, they're both smart in their own way. You know, say what you will about Walmart or, you know, their their philosophy and their ethics of business, whatever. But they're smart as is Target because they immediately become attached to the local community. And, you know, if you look into a Target, they will say, you know, we give so much back to this community. Walmart is very active. I'm on the board of Salvation Army. They're very active in giving to the Salvation Army local Locally. And they do that around the country. And then you have your franchise owners. I mean, is that the differentiation between a chain and a franchise owner, Josh?
1: Yeah, so the, so the big differentiation is is that you can have a franchise business yeah. when you you have separate ownership. So a chain right. is going to be owned by the corporate yeah. entity as right. opposed to having the separate franchised ownership.
2: Right. Okay, so franchise ownership, you know, gosh, again, I, I guess it's what the franchise, you know, your, what they will allow, and you know this better than I, you know, how much independence do you have? But, you know, it's going it to be something as simple as sponsoring a little league team or... Getting you know at Christmas time, getting your putting a Salvation Army kettle in in front of your place of business and have your staff take turns ringing at the kettle. It could be, and I, I always tell clients when they when it's appropriate, and usually it is, even if you're an attorney you know, have a community page on your website, show what you're doing in the community. Besides, you know, the old men in black suits kind of thing, which sometimes people still think of attorneys as, but, but have a community page on the website showing what you've done in the community. I mean, I know law firms here in town that, you know, that go out and, and help in the, uh, you know, some of the, some of the neighborhoods and some of the food shelves and endears them to, to the community. It also builds team. I mean, I, I know clients, Who have gotten together and they've helped build a you know a uh, habitat for a humanity house not only does does it build team but it gives you that image in the community that you're really close plus it's a form of marketing
1: Absolutely. And, you know, most franchises, and they're all different, and the franchise agreements address this, but they address marketing. The good ones, at least, from my perspective, address it yeah. in, in sort of two ways. They have their traditional marketing or their national kind of advertising, mm. depending on the size of the brand, that is a given yeah. that you as a franchise owner is going to pay a percentage of your revenues, too. Right. But the good right. ones allow you to have the discretion mm-hmm. to spend it on some local advertising and marketing as well. And the really good ones understand that that's most important at the outset, right when the company or before the company launches. It's actually, and this is something I would say that that a lot of people don't think about, people think that their local marketing efforts began when their doors open. And I interviewed... So by not too long ago, uh, Katrina Mitchell, who pointed out that that basically before she bought her franchise, she started working on her local marketing efforts uh-huh. six months before, and right. that set the stage for her to have a tremendously successful opening, right. which can lead right. to a domino effect. Because as well, you sure. and I both know, no matter if you're buying a franchise or any small business, your first year in business, your first six months, there's yep. going to be a crunch for capital, uh-huh. and the. Best the better you are at setting yourself up to have bodies in your shop if you're a retail right. type space the better you are from a capital or money perspective and mm-hmm. so i think that everything you've touched upon is huge and i think the 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 big picture or the big idea from this is that i can tell you from experience you take the time to work with companies to find out yeah. what it is that they want to be about what it is that they're trying yep. to project and how they yep. are going to make the biggest impact in the local community
2: you have to differentiate yourself again whether you're an attorney or a cupcake shop you know you have to differentiate yourself if you try to be McDonald's you're going to fail i mean if you if you you've got to figure out something especially when it comes to your marketing how are you different from the other guys because if you're just another commodity out there you're probably going to fail and that's where a plan comes in it's amazing how many people i've worked with you know that don't have a plan you know maybe they have a business plan but they don't have any kind of marketing plan at all they're shooting darts you know a salesman comes in from a tv station or a magazine oh that sounds like a pretty good idea and I, yeah you got 75% off a full page ad sure i'll take that you know without any kind of you know reactionary it's all reactionary which is why It's good to have somebody like me... You know, I'm going to plug in for my company, AbsoluteMaxPR.com, by the way. Come in and sort through all of this stuff. And I have many clients where I said, you know, when the salesmen call or salespeople call, they tell me I have a marketing person and they should call me. And I kind of filter through the ones that are good and the ones that are bad. And I know, I know, you know, kind of, I build a marketing plan from their budget. And because the people that try to run a business and try to also do their marketing, some do it pretty well, you know, especially one or two people shops. But, you know, when you're, you know, you've got a restaurant, you're going to find out you're working 18 hours a day, sometimes even more. And when the guy that's working the midnight to, to eight shift calls in sick, guess who's going to guess who's going to go in and, you know, fill for him? the owner. So you can outsource some of that marketing, you know, and it doesn't have to cost you a lot of money. I mean, I have clients that, you know, I do a project. I have other clients that are on retainer and they say, oh, my God, you've taken that off my desk now so I can practice law so i mean i don't know anything about law i mean i depend on you to you know tell me what's legal and what's not but you know i mean that's why i think we 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 complement you know one another pretty pretty
1: well Well yeah and you stay you gotta and you you know well you gotta stay in your own lane as they say that's what that's what you do well and i think there's gonna be you've provided a tremendous amount of good information i think for the audience today and as we've wind things up here because I feel like we could talk for hours and I'd love to have you on the show again sometime, but definitely want to wind it up and have you tell us a little bit more about your companies if you'd like, and then the best ways to get a hold of you. You've touched on that with your website, but if there's any other way that people can directly get in contact with you and talk about the services that you offer.
2: Sure. Well, my one company is Q Consulting Guys Dot com and that's specialized in media. So if you're a radio station or a TV station or or talent, you know, an announcer talk show host, we can help you with that. We can help you become better. We can you know do a marketing plan and you know a broadcast plan and, and make you better if you're a radio or TV station or any of the platforms that radio and TV are on these days. What I'm focusing on a little bit more because that's real specialized is Absolute Max, and that's a company that is we're a small full, full service advertising agency and we have lower overhead but where our work you know humbly speaking is just as good as if not better than some of the bigger people and our overhead is low so you only pay for what you need you know I'm not dissing some of the bigger agencies because there are a lot of good ones around but a lot of times as a business person when you hire a big agency you're paying their overhead you're paying for their videographer you're paying for their art director they're paying for all of that fancy space they have in downtown Indianapolis that you don't need we work with strategic partnerships so if you if you don't, you're not going to do television, you're not going to pay for that. I have a strategic partner, I call in. Photography, we can do some of that, but if it's if it's a video you need, we bring somebody in, and I work with them to, I'll storyboard it, I'll direct it, I'll write it, I'll help edit it, and then we have somebody else shoot it, so. We do everything. You know, Web development, we'll have somebody build it, but then we do the marketing for it. We can do the writing for it. We can do print ads. We do everything an agency can do, including one of our specialties is public relations. A lot of people think they can send out a news release and, and get publicity. Having been in the media running newsrooms for over 25 years, most news releases go in the garbage. <laughs> so you have to have somebody that can follow up and get to the right people. You have to have a story, a good story, but I think that one of the things I'm good at is I know everybody in the media, and I can twist their arms a little bit if it's a good story. So, uh, you know, we, we do it all, and we you know we do a free consultation, and we understand small business and big business, and, and we can relate. So I, I love to talk to people. I love to deal with people, and as you know, Josh, and, you know, it's it's been fun to see our businesses grow through some of the things we're, we're talking about
1: well yeah and and thank you so much for taking the time to come on because it's it's quite unusual for me and this is actually a first where you know i actually know the guest (laughs) on my podcast and Mm -hmm. i can actually provide you know a a reference and endorsement on your work and know firsthand that you've done a tremendous amount for me and i know that you can provide a tremendous amount of help for a lot of people out there so thanks again john for coming on the show and i look forward to uh, our next lunch together
2: Hey, I think it's your turn to buy. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Okay, thanks, Josh. Good luck, everybody.
0: Thanks for being with us today on the Franchise Euphoria podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to go to iTunes and provide a review. Also, please remember that although Josh Brown is a licensed and practicing attorney, nothing contained in this podcast should be construed as legal advice, because it is not. The information contained in this podcast is general and educational in nature, and none of it should be relied upon as legal advice. That being said, if you have questions for Josh and would like to contact him, please email him at josh at franchiseeuphoria.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you tune in to our next weekly episode.